Everybody, welcome to Sonic Talk number 284, recording today live Wednesday the 26th of September. I know it's the 26th because I'm taking the day off tomorrow and going to Legoland with my daughter. Um, but we have, uh, as promised, uh, a new guest this week um, because we have the winner of the Isotope Iris competition, Mr. Tom. Now, I, I, am I saying this right? Blazukas. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. That's Blazukas. Actually, uh, it should be Blazukas, but uh, you don't have enough letters in, in the alphabet. Ah, okay. <laughs> so it's something past Z as well. Tom, uh, uh, yeah. Tom actually won, was the overall winner of the Iris competition and uh, is going to tell us a little bit about uh, how he did things and, uh, well, hopefully some more stuff beside because it looks like he's got quite an interesting setup. Uh, but we will now just quickly go and say hello to our other guests as well. Um, first of all, we'll say hi to Mr. Mark Tinley, who's over there in, uh, it must be sunny, um, is it Bedfordshire? I always get it wrong. I am in Bedfordshire. No, you've got it right. I got it right I this time. Martin Lee, uh, sporting a new haircut and a pair of sort of fancy shades there. How are you, Mark? I'm all right, but I do have a slight migraine from overworking on the computer. Oh, I'm sorry sound. to hear that. And also, it sounds like you've got some sort of pitch effect on your voice because it's dropped about a third of an octave. Sounds like you've slowed it down. It's really odd. So, uh, if, if I didn't know any better, I'd say your sample rate was out, but I can tell that it's real. So it must be maybe well, your headaches oh. affected the pitch of your voice. I did take loads of codeine. I suppose that's a <laughs> little your bit system. like heroin, isn't it? But not quite as good, should I say? Good, <laughs> strong. Stop there, I think, perhaps. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know anything about any of that. Anyway, Mark, thank you very much for joining us. Lightbeing.com sound designer, uh, sound artist and uh, creative thinker over there um, in Bedfordshire. And we're also going to say hi to uh, Dave Spears, who is uh, from G4 Software. Uh, if I push this one here and Dave talks, I Hello. can see, guess which window he might go into. In the round window. Let's see. He's going to go into that window, so I can say, screen. hey, there you go. Hi, Dave. Dave Spears, G4 Software, of course. Um, did you just have a rack extension um, out? Another one? No. No. I think I've... Because what's been happening is I've been, I've been kind of pulling together all these feeds and I'm starting to really kind of hone down all these keyword searches and I think someone must have mentioned it and it was like, oh... Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something, yeah. something got been mentioned. Asking a lot of questions about what's next and when and uh, yeah, yes. those sort of. Que- I'm not going to put you on the spot there, but um, I'm taking it by the, uh, the the amount of uh, um, wall there is around you. Your your move is underway, right? Yep. Look, there you go. Look, some keyboards missing. It's definitely keyboards missing at the back there. The octagon's still here. The, the eight voice is still here. Uh, uh, sorry, the Profit 10. The 8 voice is gone. There's loads of drum machines, and then the 2600. There's loads of stuff. It's all gone. Ah. Well, that's good. Is it? Is that liberating, or are you going to be reunited with it very shortly? I'll tell you what, I really, 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 really miss some of them already, and it's been about a week. Do you think it's the smell of the germanium capacitors has just somehow kind of t- changed the... tainted the atmosphere... I think I'm kind of intrinsically linked to like to at least two or three of these. I've kept the Mini Moog, I've kept the Andromeda, I've kept uh, yeah, there's a few that I've kept. But the eight voice, I'm really kind of I don't I don't like being separated from that. It makes me a bit nervous. And look, sweat, sweaty palms. 
Oh dear, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, anyway, uh, I'm waiting for I'm sort of waiting for Gaz to come back because he's uh, disappeared. And I was going to introduce him next, but uh, his, can you? Oh, yeah. Gaz, can you talk? Oh, you are here, right? Okay. Sorry, I thought you disappeared. Yeah, it just right. Your your video's gone. That's all it is. Uh, I will say also hello to Mr. Gaz Williams from uh, SongSurgeon.co.uk. I'm going to. Pr- well, it's not actually. It's uh, at Gaz Goldstar. You see, I've changed your lower third. So if you talk, your box will appear, and I can, I can populate you with it. Gaz. Okay, that's cool. I've ne- my website nearly went online today, but I'm going to do a little bit more. So well, I near yeah, well, there we go. And up, but I did remember to do your lower third. Anyway, Gaz, thanks for joining us. Your video will come back, I'm hoping soon. But in the meantime, uh, we'll um, we'll just have to make do with that spinny icon. Anyway, I'm going to go back to Tom because Tom's video is working beautifully. Tom's over there in um, where are you based, Tom? London. Ah, okay. Of course, I should have because I have the address because I will be sending you a uh, coveted Sonic State T-shirt as well, which is you know a, a pro- probably a finest prize out of all of the stuff you won. But I want to say that what Tom actually did win is the Iris uh, competition, the fine sound, fine music, and everything, uh, where you had to download a demo version of Iris. Uh, unless you already had it, and then submit in a number of categories. And um, the Isotope people actually chose you as the overall winner. You submitted, I think it was 14 items. There was no limit, so there's no sense of kind of, you know, uh, outrage at that at all or anything. But the reason you won was because you were chosen by all the judges in at least one of their categories as the winner. So therefore, that kind of made you, by uh, by, by consent, if you like, the, the kind of winner. So um, first of all, how, what were you doing when you first heard you won the competition? Are you a competition enterer? Yeah, I mean, I couldn't believe that happened. I, I was hoping I'm going to win something, you know, because I spent quite a lot of time, uh, hours working on it and uh, sweating and whatever, you know. And uh, at the end, I just got the email and I was so surprised, I just couldn't believe it. You know, I just had to read the email a few times. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. So, were you already an owner of uh, Iris, or did you kind of like just pull it, pull down the demo, and kind of get to know it for this competition? Yeah, I had to work with those ten, ten uh, days uh, trial versions. Yeah, so uh, I had ten days to to do all my stuff. What I did, and 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 a great job you did too. I'm going to play a couple of things because we got a, a little bit of uh, your uh, entries here on this uh, pre-prepared SoundCloud page. Uh, let me just see if I can uh, go and pl- press play. I'm going to start with uh, the first one, which was Bite the Hype. I've made some notes because a few of these have just something very... There's all, all have... ...in common. Just beautiful atmosphere. Another one that I set up here. Bite, that was Bite the Hype. Then we also have... Uh, Hunger Hanger, that was another one.
you can go and find these yourself if you go to uh, the competition page on uh, on Sonic State. There's uh, a news item which kind of basically tells you who won what and whatever. So, how what 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 was the first thing that struck you about Iris? I mean, how did you kind of approach it? Did you try? Because I noticed you're using quite a lot of fan sounds or field recordings. I mean, do you do field recordings or are they from your phone? I mean, how did you how did you do that? Uh, well, the way I started is uh, I just got the manual for the Iris and I started reading it. That's, <laughs> I mean, because, uh, you know, I just, I, I tried to learn it from the basics. I just didn't want to miss anything. And I was kind of straight away uh, focused on uh, succeeding in some way, you know. So uh, I, I was trying to do my best in that. So I started reading the manual, going through all the basic things I knew, uh, or I thought I knew. And then... Um, yeah, I started experimenting with the sounds which I already had. So basically, uh, I had some different sounds from different places, and that's how, what I did. I mean, I just started placing the sounds, started playing with the magic wand, uh, or just selecting the, you know, just drawing something, uh, getting familiar with everything. Uh, and this is how it started, you know, I just started doing, I, I managed to do something nice, uh, I just saved this version and then built something else from it, and at the end I tried to choose what I liked the most, and that's what appeared on the SoundCloud. Ah, right, so uh, what we have there, is that actually just the distillation of the process? There's, there, there was more, you mean? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> So, are, I mean, are most of these patches actually single patches, or did you multi, did you layer up stuff? No, the, the, that I mean, each each sound, whatever. I mean, each uh, submission is one uh, patch. What, just one patch? Brilliant. So, I mean, in, in, in terms of, I mean, we've got Dave here. Obviously, was kind of one of the the, the designers or producers of the instrument. Yeah. And uh, I mean, is there anything specific about it that kind of? Uh, that, that made it more possible to do what you did, you know, because, I mean, you work in sound design, right? I mean, is this something that you're going to be coming back to? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm still building my own portfolio to get into the industry, and that, that was a good kick in the butt for me to, to, you know, just to see that I can do it, you know? So don't give up go do it, you know, you, you and, uh, yeah. So what I liked about it is just, you know, that... that I could select the frequencies and whatever, you know, I could find the music in, you know, in something where it doesn't have anything like musical. That, so, the the, fir- the first one that we uh, that we listened to, which is called "Bite the Hype," uh, said yeah. uh, it was a sample recording of a ceremony of priest voice in Notre Dame Cathedral. That's kind of like, were you there with your headphones on in the kind of uh, the stereoscopic mic, or was that sort of a phone a phone uh, kind of recording? No, actually, that recording was made. I think I had H two Zoom at that moment, and it was kind of nice. It's it's not the best recording ever, but uh, I mean. It, I think it was successful enough to, you know, to give me that nice ambience, a nice melody, you know, because when I filtered the sound, that nice melody, melody in the background, when you, if you listen to it again, it, that's the priest himself, you know, talking, speaking, he making his speech. So yeah, you won't, you wouldn't guess, it, you know, if you wouldn't know that that's the priest. 
And do, when you, I'm playing it again now. When you, do you find that it in, that keeps the uh, stereo field intact from uh, samples, or are you creating a lot of that space using the actual synthesis engine? Because one thing that was common to an awful lot of the entries was the sort of width and just sort of general ambient size of patches. They sound very fulsome. Yeah, well, uh, well, I mean, you know, some some sounds I tried to pan, uh, some sounds. Uh, I mean, I used a lot of uh, effects in the iris itself, you know. So I used a lot of reverb and delay. Uh, so probably that helped a lot of, you know, that helped a lot in spreading the sounds, making the sound wider, you know. Yeah, now that that's something it definitely kind of really made a big difference to. So I noticed uh, if I just go to here, we we're looking at your website here, um, which is uh, noise-x.com. For those who are interested, this is kind of um, your you know your 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 you're basically um, are you just starting out in sound design, or is this kind of an ongoing business for you? Is it how, how's that? Uh, no, uh, I mean. I- Basically, what happened, you know, I, I, I had a degree in international business management, and I was always having music like a hobby, or it was just following me from the, I mean, since I was born. And but for some reason, I was trying just to avoid making my living from it, you know. And uh, what happened? I I I just worked in, in insurance, uh, different offices, and everything, and then I just realized that. I've got to do something in my life in order to stay, to stay sane. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and th- that's how I appeared in London. You know, uh, I came here looking for something, trying to understand what I really want. And uh, I applied to study in uh, London College of Music, music technology course. Uh, okay. Not, yeah, so today... Uh, I'm 27 and I'm on the second year again. <laughs> ah, okay. So you're doing that? Is that what's that? SAE or where? Where are you? Uh, it's uh, uh, sorry, I just uh, SAE. I, I don't know what this means. Actually. Oh no, there's a school of uh, audio engineering. I think is what it stands for. That's... No, 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 no. That's uh, no. My university is uh, West West London uh, University, uh, part of uh, London College of Music. Ah, okay, great. Those music technology courses there. So, are these pictures? Uh, are these are these pictures here of your um, of of your setup, or are they just kind of uh, fashion sh- fashion shots for your for your? Because uh, it looks like a great. What what desk is that? That looks like a nice desk. Is that actually your setup? That's the audience. Yeah, but that's not my desk. I mean, ah. that, that, that's that that website is like uh, you know like uh, like a goal for myself, which I'm tr- uh, I'm, I'm trying to. Uh, you know, because I, I think uh, I lost quite a few years wandering around. And ah, okay. So you're trying to, you're, you're basically I'm trying to catch up with things. You know, I'm I'm doing university again, but I'm trying to do as much as I can. I'm trying to do learn uh, to learn as much as I can. And that website is basically for me to put my work into. Because uh, whatever I do at university, all the uh, assignments and everything is 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 for university. But I, uh, I'm trying to do my portfolio, my demo, my reel there, you know. To, right, so you, it's when you've finished, it's populated and ready to roll and you can use it as a, as a, as a front door, a calling card, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just, you know, I'm trying to put myself 
in, in you know in, in, into the space so people can see that I, I, I'm there uh, I can do the job and hopefully by the end of my university maybe I'll get something you know something to work on yeah absolutely well wish you the best of luck with that that sounds great so what uh, what module are you currently studying in uh, in your in your uh, course what what is it that you're currently focused on uh, well, it's uh, recording, you know, so we've got used, uh, recording techniques, uh, we've got synthesis, uh, well, we had the music video production, I'm not sure what's, what, what's new, you know, what's going to be new in this year, but I'm sure that we'll have uh, uh, Sound Studio Techniques uh, second part, which is, I'm, I really love this module because I've got Pip Williams uh, as a tutor. And he's a really great, great man. He knows a lot, and uh, so I'm quite lucky to be there. Excellent. Oh, well, that sounds like it's really good. So I'm glad you managed to take some time out to talk to us. That's fantastic. Uh, Mark, you were kind of one of the judges here. Um, have you got anything want- you'd like to add or any questions you want to, uh, want to throw at Tom? I think um, well, I almost certainly picked Tom's... Um, sounds because they sounded like sounds that I might have made with a Nord modular many moons ago and I really like that kind of uh, the whole etheric kind of I don't know the whole thing reminds me of Edward Scissorhands I don't know if that's the right thing to say but I love that kind of filmy atmospheric kind of uh, feel to it so and I, I must admit that I did I did want to pick one of yours, but because you'd sampled my my voice, I kind of had to say that it was a second choice and a vanity choice. Really, <laughs> I absolutely loved what you did with my voice on that. Was that the one, um, uh, the future one? Let's see. Yeah, it's yeah. called um, In Betweener. Let me see if I can play it. I felt like I'm being transported into the past and the future at the same time. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm, and I also tend to, I t- tend, when I was judging these, I went through the different files and I looked very much at what people have been doing underneath to find out how you'd made the sounds. And I found the way that you'd gone about approaching using the software and and designing the sound and, and making the sounds really interesting. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say. No, no, well, thank you, though. Thank you very much. Thanks. Oh, oh Gaz, you got a delivery coming there? <laughs> hey there. Any, anything exciting? No, no, I'm just, uh, in order to get the networking, my cable's too short, so I'm actually, I'm sitting on the stairs at the moment, right by the front door. Ah, okay. <laughs> it's got a, you look like you're in the sort of hiding under the stairs, in the sort of in amongst the coat. It looks like the, uh, the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe or something. Yeah, but uh, my friend is just getting a, a long cable now, so I'll be able to... Uh, Go somewhere a little more comfortable. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, sure. <laughs> Truly mobile, Gaz. I just I don't know what to say. Excellent. Um, so, Tom, what's next for you? I mean, you got uh, you got plans as soon as you leave college. I mean, have you got something lined up? I mean, jobs are hard to come by in this industry. So, I mean, have you got a kind of strategy to to to? Yeah. To- so the strategy is, you know, to 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 get the first class diploma and uh, to do as much as I can in building my own portfolio, you know, my, is, uh, that's what counts today. I mean, I, yeah, it's doing, it's doing rather than learning, isn't it? It's yeah. Very- I mean, I, I really believe that good people, the professional people in industry, even if it's tough, there are not enough jobs 
I mean, they, they will get through it, you know, because uh, everybody needs quality. Everybody wants to work with nice and hardworking professional people. So, uh, yeah, I'm trying to be that person, you know. <laughs> so my goal is to, to, to just to earn as much uh, skills as I can, build as many portfolio videos, demos as I can. And, yeah, so... I. I at the moment, I'm, I'm just taking like, uh, you know, like video and I, I'm, I'm taking all the sound out. and uh, Game track. In fact, I've got one of yours here, actually. I could play it quickly if you want to have a look. We just quickly have a look. I found one on the site. And this was uh, from a trailer for Rage, I believe. And you just replaced all of the stuff, all the Foley, everything, right? All of it, yeah. quite a challenging environment because I mean this stuff is you know the, the production stuff on this I mean presumably is massively high budget so for some reason it's in the echo it's not supposed to be like this sorry what was that I didn't I didn't catch that uh, it, it seems to be like there is a lot of uh, echo you know so yeah uh, it may be just the, the, the whole Skype kind of coming back and going through, so because I haven't got any reverbs or anything on things. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's how long did that take? Because that's like a couple of minutes long at least, isn't it? Is that a kind of something evenings uh, and weekends? Well, the, you know, uh, after I finished first year, I, I kind of decided that summer time I spent just working on my portfolio. And so uh, I've been, you know, I had a lot of free time just working on this. Uh, so uh, I think I've, I've done it like in a week or just just a bit over a week. Yeah. Wow. Because uh, I've, did, you know, I've done a lot of uh, like field recordings for it, you know. And uh, so basically I just get the video, I take all the sound out and uh, I take the piece of paper and start just making a plan what I need, you know, what I want, or what, I, what the vision is, you know, and uh, then I go out. It's very much like the way that they do it for major features, isn't it? I mean, they kind of go, right, because they all do things like, right, we need our own set of gun, gun sounds. They yeah, go out to range and they, shoot, they, they record it in all sorts of ways and just kind of create their own custom stuff rather than using uh, sound library things. And it definitely seems like a very good strategy. So, uh, yeah. yeah, good idea. What, what do you use to do your field recordings then? What recorder are you using? Uh, well, uh, I've got DR100 uh, MK2, and I still use okay. my H2 Zoom. Zoom? Yeah, it's, uh, it's still, cause, you know, being a student is not so easy to is get a like proper recording. H4? Zoom Sorry? H4, is that? Using a Zoom H4? No, I've still got that old uh, H2, H2, right. yeah. Oh, they're good, though, aren't they? I mean, they have, I mean, apart from the fact they fall to pieces, the actual <laughs> sound quality of them is quite good. Yeah, I mean, if you get the chance, if you get the chance, Tom, the H4N is a really good recorder, actually. It's, it's a bit more robust, and it's got uh, four-channel potential as well, so you can do kind of close and uh, ambient with it as well. It's got it's just a great, great recorder. Yeah, 
Yeah, I know that. Yeah. Look, Gaz is back in his studio now. Ah, okay, so he's back there. So we're all shifting about all over the place. Uh, well, Tom, I want to say thank you very much for joining us. Um, that's great. I, what I've got because I'm going to have to um, do the ad now, and I, I, know, I don't know if you wanted to stick around for uh, any of the topics afterwards. Um, you're more than welcome. But if you have to go, then you know this might be a good kind of punctuation to do it. So I'll leave that up to you. I mean, if you let me know, then I can uh, accommodate. To, <laughs> I can figure out what to do. Are you going to stick around, or are you going to? Uh, yeah, I'll stick around for a while yeah great yeah. fantastic thank you very much right well what i'm going to do now is i'm going to say thank you very much to the show sponsors uh, of course yamaha um have been sponsoring the show for quite some time now and uh, at the moment they want to tell you about uh, their world of applications as you know they've got over 20 apps for ios devices from uh editing the various uh, keyboards and synthesizers we've got the voice editor we've got the multi-editor uh, which works with the motif xf mox s90x s70xs motif xs and rack access allow you to tackle all kinds of parameters uh, you've got touch control fader control parameter control effect control uh, xy control all kinds of things there's also the synth up and drum pad app uh, which you may have seen gone past uh, that's actually new it's got a uh, software synthesizer built in with 61 sounds 7 kits plus arpeggiators uh, midi controllers and the like uh, we've also got um, this is one of the favorite because me and Gaz reviewed it for the uh, sound um, for Sonic Touch uh, some time back which is the uh, set list editor which allows you to sort of take notes for various tracks within your set and then throw out program changes over MIDI to all the various devices really utilitarian and good this is it coming past now lots and lots of different applications basically available from Yamaha do check them out it's not just for motifs and excess there's all sorts of other utilitarian ones too so what we'd like to do is encourage you to go to the iTunes store and check out the Yamaha world of apps or you can go to uh, uk.yamaha.com and check out what they've got to offer Oh, I timed that perfectly this time. Uh, thanks once again to Yamaha for their continued sponsor of the show. Really much appreciated. And we have Gaz back now. I'll show you there. I can prove that he's there. His little icon is bouncing away. Um, so we can move on now to some of the other topics that we had lined up as well. Uh, I want to say thanks to Tom. And uh, Tom's going to stick around and hopefully contribute too. So that'd be great to hear your opinion on some of these as well. Right, we're going to start first with, uh, well, I mean, how could we fail to have this one? to another episode of Electric Independence. Today we're going to go and talk with Moby in his home studio, who apparently has a huge collection of analogue instruments. Indeed he does. I'm going to talk over these, because every time I play a YouTube video now, what happens is the uh, copyright machine on YouTube flags it, it recognises the audio, and then just basically busts me, which is really kind of irritating. But I'm going to stop talking when the music starts. You know, drums all exist on the computer. And I understand, if I had a software company or a synth company, I would make plugins because you don't have to build a box. <laughs> for me, it's almost like this is like my Noah's Ark for drum machines. I, I collect them, I think they sound great, and I love that they all come with some like residual history. The fact that they've all been used and had drinks spilled on them and people have sweated on them, you know, that's as much as I like the world of plugins, no one ever sweats on a plugin. Right, I'm going to stop there because it's some more music and I'll probably get busted and I'm getting a bit sick of getting the copyright notices. But, Dave Spears, you sent this one in and I'm, I must say there was a certain similarity to that background, to the background of your, <laughs> of your, of your place, uh, which is, once again, here. We can see, look, this is why you've got the shelves, all the stuff on. So, Dave, we may have seen something here before. This was part of the um, Motherboard TV Electric Independence. Uh, you've got some similarities there. What's that one? Is that a Bentley? 
That's a Chamberlain. That is a Wurlitzer. This up here is a mad Scottish thing which runs on eight-track cartridges. That's a CR78. Sounds like Ken Macbeth. Somewhere over here. What, <laughs> Ken? I think Ken we'll, runs on whiskey. We'll be on to him later. Oh, Dave, you've made... And then that's our favourite. That's our little beauty. So this is a one-inch... There's In here is a one-inch tape, and you pull this tape, and this pulls the tape head across the tape, and there's 16 tracks. And we think that this was one of the wow. first drum machines in existence. That's a Chamberlain rhythm, mate, but very early... And it's weird because actually what really interested me, first of all, was the obsessive nature of Moby's collecting, which I have an affinity with, and also the fact that at the end he says he doesn't know anyone in the world who's got a world. It's a sideman drum machine. And you have. do have. Yeah, but it's not at my house. So when my missus goes, well, can't Chris take any of this stuff in his house? I have to explain that. Actually, Chris has a whirl. It's a sideman next to his bed. And on top of that is a Philips Philcordia and various other things. So, <laughs> yes. We, and the whole video. I just really like the whole video. And it's I great. There was, there, this idea. Custom, you know, like one-off drum machines that look like there. And also, what I really liked about it is um, he said, yeah, well, I used to kind of be into drum machines. And then, you know, eBay happened. <laughs> and, and that was just that's all he actually had to say ebay happened and i made a shitload of money making records those two <laughs> things together have got to be the death knell for kind of you know any spare shelf space in your existence and what was there was something else that he mentioned which was just particularly cool there was um uh the that they had all those doubles and triples and he was saying that the problem was is you know somebody would post the wrong photo misdescribed and he'd just buy it and it would show up and it would turn out to be something he already had and so he would end up with more of them. I mean, you know, obviously this is luxury for something, you know, not everybody can afford this kind of luxury, but I mean, he didn't feel like he was kind of going, and I've got loads of money. It was just a really quite nice, honest and sort of personal little kind of yeah, interview, which I really enjoyed, actually. I loved the fact that he was so passionate about it. And also, it's not, um, you don't have to spend hideous money to get stuff, you know, really, you just have to kind of look in the right places and sometimes even on ebay you oh. can find some amazing deals on stuff i've got a bit of a thing going on with a particular genre of instrument at the minute and i think last week what well, i haven't bought anything in this genre and i'm not going to reveal what it is but like last week you know one sold for like four pounds and one was like 10 pounds so i think it's just kind of just yeah fine. well it's interesting isn't it i mean you could i mean you know let's let's just play the devil's advocate here that moby only made that to bump up the price of all the drum machines so that he could sell his duplicates. Because obviously, you know, maybe this record didn't sell as well as, as some of his early... You know, it, it was no play, was it, the last album? And in fact, hardly had any electronic instruments on it whatsoever. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's probably a little bit harsh. I don't know. I, I know, Mark. I mean, you, I, I'm sure you can, um, you can identify with, with that kind of obsessive collection concept, yeah. can you? I can. I mean, I, I'm not as obsessive as that, but Nick Rhodes is definitely as obsessive, but more with synthesizers. And really, our favourite... I mean, when I was working with Nick a lot in the 90s, our favourite thing was the Peter Forrest uh, auctions, the oh, vintage yeah. musical equipment auctions. And we used to spend more time sitting, going through Peter's catalogues, looking to see what was coming up in the auction and how much we might want to bid on it than we did uh, doing any work, actually. Um, but, um, yeah, we did buy all sorts of weird things from Peter. 
and and I did as well. I've got some. I mean, the things I've got, which are in my collection, which I probably wouldn't part with, are things like a little Boss percussion synthesizer, which has like six orange knobs on it, uh, and it's got a blue pad, and you hit this blue pad, and it basically does all the kind of Simmonsy sounds. Right, like a Sinair like kind of thing. Foot pedal. Ah, uh, oh, that sounds cool. Format. So that's quite nice. I did have a Bentley Rhythm Ace, but I lent it to my friend Daryl, who I was in the Garden of Eden with many years ago, and he had an argument with his wife and threw it down the stairs. Ah, oh, terrible. I just want to say, uh, Mac Doctor is going, going great guns in the chat room with links for, uh, interesting links for uh, a drum machine origination, so if you're, uh, thanks very much for that additional bit of information. Um, Tom. Yeah. What I mean, I'm guessing you know you 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 kind of pleaded the uh, the poor student kind of struggling on the course. I mean, do you have access to kind of bespoke electronics, or you know, have you got kind of physical instruments, or are you forced to work pretty much in the box just through budgetary reasons? Well, uh, at home, I, uh, there is only one synthesizer I use, and that's uh, YRC. Uh, okay, and I quite like it. I mean, it's it's great. Great and cheap, affordable synthesizer. It's not new, you know, but it does the job. Uh, but at uni, we've got a couple of uh, old synthesizers, and my favorite is VCS Free. Ah, good man. That's an amazing piece of gear. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to buy one. I've always, well, I've always, what I've always wanted is the Synthie AKS, uh, the suitcase one. That's the one I've always wanted. And Dave, you came down with one the other day and it, it, it just rekindled all of that sort of desire to have one. But they're just silly money. Uh, but yeah. Well, I think finding a rich seam of uh, instruments that you can kind of tap and, and get on eBay for a tenner is really the, where it's at, isn't it? I know, Gaz, I, I mean, you're very, um, you're quite disciplined with your equipment, you know. You you kind of jet, you're, but but by the same token, you're always saying, "Oh, I wish I hadn't sold that." You sort of impulsively sell and buy. I I, t- I get that impression. Is that right? I, I think I'm always kind of looking at the horizon rather than looking backwards. Um, but there was something I wanted to mention about the um, the Moby video, which I thought was quite funny. Was he says earlier he's saying about um, how good thing with electronic music is you know with headphones on you know you can be making music at three o'clock in the morning and and not disturb your mum and then he goes on to say this is a facsimile of my first studio that I had set up in my my mother's bedroom (laughs) so now I was kind of thinking was that there he wasn't disturbing his mum when she was in the bed alongside him (laughs) as he's making his electronic music (laughs) yeah he was a a poor he was a poor poor from a poor humble background I'm guessing (laughs) Uh, but then he went on to say uh, that you know the drum kit and stuff is set up in I'm guessing it's a New York apartment I'm get I don't know where it is but he's got six tons of sand in the floor (laughs) and the whole thing's floating so yeah I mean he's obviously but I mean you know if you've got it and he likes the place then great you know you can just get on with it that's fantastic but uh, yeah there's some interesting stuff there <laughs> i was wondering about his oh sorry i'm cutting someone no, else off after you after you i was just saying i was wondering about his neighbor below if he's got did he say six thousand six thousand kilo uh, uh, pounds six tons yeah uh, 
But if, if that's above someone's flat in a dodgy old New York apartment and that goes wrong, that could cause havoc in the building, couldn't it? I'm guessing it's probably one of those kind of uh, concrete infrastructure buildings. I mean, I'm guessing. I mean, if you were the stalking type, you could probably narrow down what sort of building that could happen with and gradually, sort of through the process of elimination, narrow it down to several properties that could house that kind of uh, infrastructure and then figure out where he lives. If you were that way inclined. And then Not... drill, drill a hole through the ceiling. And <laughs> all a little cartoon hole through the ceiling. The sand just gradually drips through. When the sand runs out, the drum kit just drops like this onto the floor. <laughs> Dunk. The floor is no longer floated. The album's ready for delivery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's an idea, yeah. The sands, the sands just run out. And when the sands are finished, then the album is ready. I like the sound of that. Maybe that's what he's doing for his current, his current album. I'm sure he must, if he's working on one, I mean, I have no idea whether he is or not. But yeah, great little video, that. Definitely. Really, really enjoyed that. Um, and uh, there's, I mean, it's quite an old one. There's nothing, I don't think there's anything I can link to, but I'm sure you can find out about Moby if you want. Obviously, Moby was massively successful with play. I think it, didn't they say it was the most synced album uh, up until probably the next one now all you have to do is do kind of like uplifting emotional stuff and you get on all the bloody backstories for the x factor the voice britain's britain's got talent any program where there's a backstory all you have to do is get some sort of uplifting emotional piano and rock progression and you'll, you'll you'll sell tons of it now that's what i call emotional you could have an album, couldn't you? Maybe Tom, there you go. You want to make some library music that is basically just <laughs> uplifting emotional pieces that they can run as uh, backing to uh, X Factor backstories. <laughs> There's got to be a niche there. Probably a bit soul-destroying, I'd imagine, after the first couple of tracks, but, you know, yeah. could be some good <laughs> well, money in it. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you're better than that. Uh, right, what... Um, Next up, uh, oh yeah, what's in your? This sort of follows on a little bit because it's it's kind of what what did you what could you what have you found in your attic? And I'm I'm guessing this might be applicable to you, Dave, really, because you're clearing out your your space at the moment. This was a story on Synthtopia. Apparently, Gary Newman posted this. Uh, I don't know if that it's not in April, so I don't think it would be in April Fools. Posted, he was clearing out his attic, and he uh, and he found amongst the straw and cobwebs an original mini moog. Um, basically up there clearing out my garage loft yesterday cut away some ivy and creepers and found this original spec mini moon now that's careless to lose something like that but not perhaps as careless as this i'm not quite sure this is i found one of these in my sitting and using my school's basement that's i think is a full arp 2500 system that is gorgeous they are pretty rare no not arp is that an emu no arp Arp 2500 i was right god thanks dave nearly embarrassed myself totally. So, Dave, I'm going to ask you first. You know, what have you found when you've been clearing out? What's the what was the last thing you found? Thought, oh, I've forgotten about that. I found uh, Steve Strange in the back of a cupboard, <laughs> <laughs> not hearing around, going, "Can I mix something?" No, um, was he still I, strange? I'm really. Fa- I found a. What we had, I found loads of stuff, but not necessarily in cupboards, in lockups and things. I'm trying to kind of consolidate things into one particular area, because. I'm kind of, we lend people things and then it's like, okay, so, oh, actually, who's got that and who's got this and who's got, and then I've got about five storage places with drums, everything from drums to keyboards. So it was kind of like, let's move everything into one place. I found an Emacs, which I gave to Dean, who was on last week in exchange for some patches. I found, oh, a really old Krumar uh, road racer piano, which is probably worth about five pounds. Uh, what else have I found? I've, I've found some pretty interesting stuff. I've found 
I told you before, I found a video of me in a butcher's dog advert. Okay, at what age that, were you well, in? I know I was, it wasn't that long ago. It was probably about 15 years ago. I was kind of working, I was doing sound on this advert shoot and then they needed an extra, they needed a paper boy. So there's me, fat me, on a bike with flat tyres, putting a paper through a door and then stroking a dog. And that's definitely not a euphemism. No, um, I'm glad to hear that. Well, that sounds like a, like a thrilling adventure. And as I said, I think before in the pre-show, that's something that we need to see on YouTube. I, mean, I don't think there's any way around that. You're going to have to basically take it to a telecine provider, get it put on a CD. I, I don't care how much it costs. I've just been to the dump and dropped loads of stuff off. And then my, my wedding video was done by a really good friend who I was on this video shoot with, who runs a video company. And he did all of our wedding video on like digi beta so it's a pretty high-end wedding video oh, but i haven't got a digi beta player and my cassette uh, my vhs recorder's packed up so i've literally just dropped both tapes off with with him on the way back from to the get them transferred to go can you transfer them yeah oh. anyway that's kind of i've just derailed that topic uh what else just loads of, uh spider sequence uh um, Bloody hell. Well, you you obviously got way too much stuff lying around there. Gaz, Gaz what have you found recently? Have you, have you actually kind of, uh, is there anything that you, you've just sort of located? Oh, bloody hell, I didn't realise I had that. I'm guessing probably not, given our previous uh, conversation about this. Well, it's almost not even worth mentioning, but hang on, where is it? Uh, I was having a rummage in the attic yesterday, funnily enough, and I found, I found a box of something I don't own anymore. The box. Oh, we've lost your video. Your video's gone all funny. Losing your, your bandwidth's gone, I'm afraid. Ah, oh, we're just about to get the payoff there. Hello? Oh, can you hear me? Uh, uh, yes, but you're, you're cutting in and out very much so. Oh, what's going on? I'm on a wire now as well. What's that? Why? What is that? Oh, Dave's showing us something as well. I found this. It's what? an electroharmonics triggered filter, which I bought in America in 1978, and it still works. God, has it still got the original battery in it? Hang on a minute, I'll be back in a second. Ah, this is and more like it. This is what I was hoping for. We want show and tell. What's that, a bong? <laughs> no, this is, amazingly enough, this is an electroharmonics pet light, it's called. And again, I bought that in America in, like, 1978. And it's just kind of, it's like these kind of um, audio-sensitive... LEDs, which must have been really state-of-the-art. I haven't got a 9-volt battery in there to do it, but, I mean, blimey. That's well, way cool. They light up, you know. It's like little disco lights. Does it make a noise? No, it just recognises noises, and then these LEDs light up. I used to put it on Miss Simmons' kit and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> you, did you, who do you think you are? Bernard Purdy? With yeah, your little, you are working with the LED drummer. <laughs> <laughs> But that's really cool. Triggered filter, electroharmonics. Anyway. Yeah, that is like, pretty it cool. It still works. It's like, I don't really? know if Gaz... Ah, oh, Gaz, we seem to have Gaz back. Um, you, you were show, about to show us something, or tell, tell me something. Oh, a really thrilling, exciting thing. Yeah, build up now. Better be good. A little right-angle <laughs> mini-jack adapter. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I get that in the vault as soon as possible. That's priceless. But yeah. you wouldn't believe how useful it is for a particular puzzling little thing i've been having for ages and uh so yes so 
So as little as it may be, it's actually hugely important. Excellent. I'm going to have to go and see. I've got something that will be of interest, perhaps. I think I found something. I hope I can find it. I'm going to just head off now quickly. If I do this, and I'll just quickly go into the uh, rummage around in the storeroom. One second. You can talk amongst yourselves, folks, while I do that. I'll just put you back to there. So Machine 1.8 has just come out for Machine Heads. Uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Have we gone? What happened? Am I here? Am I live? I'm back. I can hear you. Oh, cool, cool. All right. Found that. Uh, machine, uh, I was just saying, Machine 1.8 has come out, which I was just going to just fill in with. Um, it's pretty cool. For me, it's pretty cool because I think that um, there's been some real workflow kind of flaws I, I really think so in the previous version and i think the 1.8 actually for me sorts out the problems i was having so if you haven't upgraded to it or if you are on the you know you know just on the fence about going for one i think the new version definitely has got a better workflow involved uh, why that is i think uh, being able to mute all sample voices that are playing i think is just really really is so important because if you've got like you know, like a 20 second sample going and you press stop, you have to, previously you'd have to wait for the whole sample to play through before it would stop. And oh. uh, so many good things, many good things. I've got um, this, which is a gooseneck ribbon mic that is beautifully built. Sounds wow. absolutely terrible. You'd think, oh, bet that sounds nice, but it doesn't. It sounds like... Um, it sounds like it's in the middle of a pillow and there's absolutely no definition to it, but it's a beautiful thing. I think I bought it at a jumble sale. I think it's one of those kind of bingo caller type uh, things. In fact, it'd be, look, a whole lot, but I feel like I, maybe I should have it from the ceiling. Or, hey, let's get ready to rumble. You know, that kind of thing. Very, very cool. Did I tell you my ARP 2500 story? No, but I think you better. On Save that, us. On that note. No, 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 no. I mean, this is, you know, like kind of when email was new and invented. Oh, there you go. Baseballs. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, Somebody what's, called a friend. It's the same of, though, isn't it? Ah, is what's it? Is no, it? no, no, no. The electroharmonics. It's a, well, it's the same make, but it's not the same no, thing. No, look at the controls. Look at what you have on there. Is that an envelope follower? Thing. Yes. Is it? It's the yeah. same thing. Ah, <laughs> yours is a prototype. <laughs> There you go. Like, this was from about 1980-something, so it's, it's, I think they just maybe rebranded it. Cue balls. That sounds, that's much now, better. That's the current one. Well, that's got more than one knob on it. it to be honest, it's... Well, this I mean, is the same... This was uh, electroharmonic show and tell. Tom, are you feeling a bit left out? Have you got anything made yeah, by Etrolog? I have nothing to show here. <laughs> I've got nothing. I've got something else, but it looks... Re this is really quite... That's spooky. I've ruined what your hand. Oh, yeah. This is a... Uh, it's like a voice. For some reason, I can't see you at all. You can't see me at all? No, I I'm think just you... loading the picture and it doesn't come up. Ah, uh, well, that's just Skype for you. This is a uh, voice um, modifier that looks a bit like a large... Um... Looks like something I bought my wife. Uh, right, okay. I was going to say the word then, but I think I'll just leave it to imagination. 
<laughs> a midi clarinet. It's like a midi clarinet. That's it. Yes, pretty much. That's the sort of thing. So uh, show and tell seems to have been very successful there, Tom. I, I, I'm guessing. You know, do you not get the chance? I suppose in London, the thing is, you're unlikely to find peruse kind of various uh, uh, stores and uh, jumble sales where things like that haven't already been snapped up by people who get up at five o'clock in the morning to find such things. I mean, you have to probably head out a London town to get to get those kind of bargains, right? Yeah, probably. I mean, I don't know the places. That's that's the problem because uh, you know all the local people they knew everything and they probably don't want to share the information. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll be the one who's there four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, you'll be the one who's paying fifty quid more than they paid for it. Yeah, that's exactly. But that's just the way it goes, isn't it? You can't yeah. always uh, can't always get all of that stuff. So, but that was a, a, an enjoyable dig in the archives of uh, stuff there. So uh, yeah, nice. So it's. Oh, sorry, Mark, yes. Yeah, while I was away, I did want to share something, actually. Please do. And it's like a little Gary Newman story, because I went to work with him many, 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 many years ago. And uh, I drove to where he lived, and I drove onto this estate, and he came down and met me or something. So I think I was in... Oh, no, we went off to go in a plane, I think. And then when we came back in, there was like a barn that had kind of... Which, which was a sort of a garage on the edge of his property that had kind of collapsed on top of this car. And as we drove past, I kind of went, oh, what's that? And then he said, oh, I, don't, I think it's a Maserati or a Lamborghini or something. And it had broken down and he couldn't get the part for it. And he just kind of left it sitting there. And I thought that was like the most extraordinary thing. But <laughs> So I guess the same things happened with that Moog. It's, didn't he leave a plane well, in... Moog, he, he left a plane Moog. in a barn as well, didn't he? The what? A, a plane? Did, didn't he? He used to, wasn't yeah, he the one who flew? Yeah, he had a Harvard. I did go up in a plane with him, which was like actually really good fun. Probably one of the best days I've had working as a music, you know, technology person going up in a plane. That part of the brief, brilliant. That that mini Moog is actually in my loft. And Gary was wandering around. So he thinks, he thinks so. Is. He thinks so. He's just been around. He sleepwalks, I've heard, yeah. Yeah. Sleepwalks, just see. <laughs> terrible, terrible business. Right, um, let's see what else we've got. There is, um, ah, this was cool. This was, uh, yeah, I like this. This is the sound of nine oscillators of... Uh, uh, Macbeth. Macbeth, yeah. This is a lo- I- I'm see if I can get this to sound now. Hold on, if I press play. Maybe I'll start at the beginning, even. This is three uh, Micromax played in unison. Nine oscillators set to different pitches. Three sawtooth waveforms, six triangular waveforms, uh, and going through the three low-pass filters and three VCAs. I do like that. I must admit, the the, the Micromac is something that I'm really quite thrilled at. I, I did. I did. I had another video lined up. This was Ken at uh, uh, Hi there. It's Winter uh, Nam. Nam time again in California. I have two of my new products. Uh, and he plays it a little bit later. Well, I won't. Uh, one is the see if I can get to the, the playing bit. Uh, vortex. I think he just says, "Yeah." Uh, as well, uh, the third oscillator we have can a modulate list? the oscillant filter. Audio stuff's always been really dark energy. It's dark energy, the idea of... Let's see what... Kenny's a bit uh, of a 
I mean, even uh, even on that sort of slightly um, compromised audio um, there on, from from a show floor, even though obviously we do the best coverage with the best audio quality sound, folks. Just want to point that out. Um, it, you, you can tell how massive that sounds. In fact, that sounds more massive than the nine oscillators to me. But this Micromac looks lovely, and it sounds absolutely fantastic. And it's probably the first, you know of Ken's stuff that I thought, apart from the M5, which is way too big, that I'd really quite like to have. And uh, you, um, Tom, you, you kind of like piped up that you, you kind of knew about that. Do you know about Ken Macbeth's stuff? Is he somebody that's on your radar from a synthesizer point of view? Yeah, yeah. For a while, uh, I have him on my Facebook. And so he posts all the pictures of his stuff, of his new gear coming in from the factories. And uh, it's really nice to see all that. And, uh, yeah, I always love the synthesizers, so that's just a big pleasure for me to, to you know, that, to enjoy that internet connection, you know, because it, it's really cool, you know, it, it's just there, you know, it's not like reading something in the newspaper, it's live, you, you can even talk to him if you want, so, uh, yeah. He's very it. interesting, Carol. We've talked to him about. It. He's got there's some great Kenneth Beck stories, book Beth stories. But uh, we'll probably tr we'll, we'll try and keep this to uh, the the Micromac for now, in case we get sued. But uh, I'm hoping to get one down for review because I that he's also done one as a dope for module, uh, I think as well, if I remember correctly. But Dave, this sounds lovely, doesn't it? I mean, would you would, you wouldn't say no, would you? You wouldn't kick it out of your rack? No, I like I like Ken's work a lot. I actually I tell you what's funny is that when I heard that and when I saw what he'd done, I did a video on the eight voice where I put all of the eight sems into unison and then I tune each of the oscillators differently so you can play a chord from one finger. And it was really interesting hearing Ken's version, which is very kind of Ken's stuff does sound very kind of mogey, overdriven. Whereas with the eight voice, everything's more creamy, let's say. Cle cleaner, right? So, yeah, no, go to GeForce TV, look up the eight voice video and check it out. I think it's actually what I use. But that video has had something stupid like 45,000 hits in something like, you know, sort of six months, which is kind of crazy, crazy, crazy. But to get back onto the subject, uh, yeah, I'd like, I'd like at least one of everything that Ken made. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it be nice? Please, Ken. These are, if I go to Ken's uh, website, let's see, we can have some more some more sexy shots there of the, uh, of the Micromac. Uh, three oscillator synths with the third oscillator works, can work as an LFO, has an LFO mode. I don't think it's got a dedicated LFO. I can't see that, so I think you can use it either way. But yeah, beautiful. I think they're about 1,500 quid, so actually that's not, you know, I mean, it's a lot of money. I mean, that's not, but it's not beyond the realms of possibility, I guess. The thing is, his stuff is so well made and it sounds so good. I know everybody seems to be jumping on this whole boutique synth bandwagon at the minute, but there are some people who are kind of elite at this job. And then there are others who are just sort of wannabes. And Ken is definitely in that upper echelon. And I don't know Ken personally. I don't. So I've got, you know, I'm not kind of. No, it's a bit of lovely stuff. Mate. I don't know. Uh, Gaz, you thinking maybe? You haven't got any modular stuff. I think it's about time you, uh, you, 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 you <laughs> I made the leap. I, well, it was, what that recording inspired for me, uh, I thought it was really good for a start, but I just was wondering what would happen if you tried to recreate a similar sort of thing with something like Omnisphere, you know, just to see if you could get that, you know, that richness with software, you know, or if it is purely the analog realm you know um so i might i might actually go ahead and do that after after the show because uh i'm just intrigued really because when i was listening to that i was thinking mm, 
lush, you know. Uh, and from what I've seen, I have no experience of Ken's stuff. I've seen them only through YouTube videos. It looks great, but other than that, don't know. Yeah, it'd be good. Uh, I know, Mark, you, uh, you're, you're probably not in uh, synthesizer buying mode, really, are you, at the moment? So uh, I'm guessing this is probably no, not for you. I, but, or, if I was, or, I'd be buying that. Yeah? Oh, that's good to know. <laughs> I mean, I love his stuff. absolutely love it. I just don't have the resources for anywhere to put it, or and I'm going in the other direction. And uh, Streamlining. Turn me on to this audio interface, the Focusrite DSP24. So I'm, I'm now in virtual room monitoring mode as well. So I'm going to go to laptop, firewire interface, and a guitar. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but, that's that, well, that's, you know, that's, when I go the other way, I'll go with Ken. You'll go with Ken's stuff. Yeah, yeah like yeah. I said, I, I've, I've been kind of occasionally in touch with him saying, oh, can, you know, can we review one? Can I have one in for review? I'd love to because we're getting some more uh, Eurorack stuff in. Hopefully, I think Pittsburgh Modular are sending us a, uh, a kind of complete synthesizer system, which they're selling as a kind of a, a, a single unit. I forget the name of the model, but it's like a sort of synth in a box kind of idea. So uh, that, there will be some more of that coming along. Um, in fact, we're getting, there's tons of, We've got tons of stuff in for review at the moment. I can't get out the door quick enough. I need more of me. I need more, more, more me and, um, yeah, and less outgoings, if we can. Can we fix that for me, please? <laughs> less overheads and more me's. Yeah, less overheads and more me's. Can we possibly have, yeah, what we, what we need is a, is, a, is a sort of sugar daddy sponsor for the podcast that just basically makes it kind of, makes everything kind of all right. I don't have to worry about money at all for as long as I live. I think that's unlikely, though, given the niche, <laughs> given the niche, the niche nature of our podcast. But I, I guess there's no harm in putting that kind of uh, thing out there. Maybe I should start some kind of a uh, fire... Uh, what's it called? The not fi- um, what's the crowdsource? The Kickstart project. Kickstart. That just basically, there is no product at the end. It's just donate. <laughs> just give me yes. stuff. And let's set some ridiculously high amount, you know, that would keep me going for the rest of my life. Um, obviously I'll work I mean I'm not just going to kind of not do anything I'd continue to review but yeah I think it's unlikely um, yeah that's a great one though so Ken Macbeth uh, but the, actually what you were saying there Gaz really sort of ties in with the next topic which is uh, was that uh, I spotted this uh, this from Vince Clark which was basically I'll see if I can zoom this in if I can zoom it in might be able to read it it basically says uh, he sent a tweet out uh, this cap uh, at the cabin studio is his handle which is actually uh, worth following he's actually quite prolific <laughs> um although not all of it is uh, music technology related but uh, at the cabin studio to, uh, to do deconstruct an ni massive tempo sync patch and emulate and refine using the system 100 that sounds like an interesting challenge. And funnily enough, I was trying to find some videos of people that had just gone, yeah, I'm going to take a soft synth and I'm going to try and recreate it in, in synthesis form rather than just a straight AB, you know, this is a Moog emulation, this is a Moog. I couldn't find anything anywhere and it just seemed, oh, there's an interesting, there's a whole rich seam, a rich vein of video content that you could do that. I'm guessing that you, Dave, though, probably do, do or have had to do this kind of thing just purely because you make software synthesizers, right? Yeah. So how does it tend to work? Uh, with great attention to detail. No, I mean, it's really just analysis, isn't it? I mean, it's I suppose. kind of big secret to it. You just analyse the waveform, see what you, see what you can get in whatever your uh, in destination is, and then uh, make comparisons and constantly make comparisons. The tempo-synced bit of his tweet made me giggle, actually. Yeah. More than anything. That would be I'm quite a challenge, like, wouldn't it? Mm, good luck with that. Yeah, maybe you go via the 808 and some clock, so take the rim out, yeah, the, the rim shot output and sync that to video. That'll be quite a laugh. Yeah, no, I really, really enjoy it. I've kind of got quite good at it over the years on uh, 
Do you um, just use waveforms or do you, I mean, are waveforms important or do you just use your ears more than anything else? Uh, a lot of it depends on the task. Uh, ears are obviously pretty critical, but sometimes you do have to look at an oscilloscope and really do some pretty serious analysis. I've just noticed for the first time you're wearing buds rather than yeah. headphones. Yeah. Ah, anyway, that, that was just the decide. It's got absolutely nothing to do with anything. Tom, I'm guessing that maybe part of your synthesis, you know, because you're studying synthesis as one of the modules that you're doing. I mean, do you have to do things like this? I mean, is this the sort of challenge that would be uh, applicable to the, the stuff that you're doing in the course, or is it more down to kind of, you know, make a decent bass sound kind of thing? Uh, well, not that cheesy, like doing a bass sound, but yeah, we've been working with some modular synthesis. We used, we had to construct our own modular synthesizers. Uh, and uh, yeah, when we, you spoke about the 100M uh, synth system, uh, we've got one of those as well. I quite like it, and I'm not sure if I could do it at this moment, what this guy is talking about, but uh, I would love to try that. Uh, It'd be a great challenge, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Maybe you can talk your uh, lecturer into letting you spend like a week on, a, you know, inventing your own module in, you know, of education while you go, yeah, I'm going to do this. Is that all right? And they go, yeah, well, and then maybe the it could be... This competition, you know, he was really happy about everything. I, I, I told him straight away, and uh, probably if I asked you, <laughs> it could happen. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, well, are you saying that the competition turned into a part of your education um, coursework? No, but I, I had to tell him, you know, my, my tutor, because he's a nice guy, and I, uh, I thought it would be just nice to share, because there was a lot of things, like, still, one year, one you know, learning something in synthesis uh, helped a lot in winning this competition. Ah, I see, got you, because you were applying the stuff you learned. Gaz, I just saw you with a box in your hand that looked like it was quite intriguing. Has it got anything to do with anything, or is it none of my business? Oh, so, you know, we were holding up electroharmonics panel. I just haven't put mine down. <laughs> ah, okay, I got you. Excellent. It'd be a great idea, though. I mean, uh, Mark, this that sounds like the sort of thing that you might kind of enjoy as well. I mean, just sort of taking one uh, or something that you may have actually had to do in the past, because I'm guessing that when you were working with Duran, you know, obviously taking JP, J, JP8s on the road or whatever is not really much of a uh, m much of a job, no, much of a law. That still happens. Um, maybe it's happening, not happening now, because they were talking about putting it in main stage and trying to emulate the Jupiter 8. But Nick is very, very... Uh, has very acute ears and can tell the difference between a JP8 and a plug-in, no matter how good the plug-in is. You sit him in front of it and he'll go, no, that's the real one and that's not the real one. Right. And more so than I'm ever able to do. So um, so we took real ones on the road. Um, I guess he'd have to be, really. I mean, it'd be pretty pretty poor if uh, one of the kind of iconic jp8 users couldn't tell the difference <laughs> so he pro it's probably something he has to work out because if anyone ever catches him out he's it's over for him surely he's no longer going to be the poster boy for uh, for the jupiter 8 <laughs> uh, maybe i don't know he has got very good ears i mean he's you know to, to, i think he probably is one of the people that i would say is responsible for pushing my Sound expert, uh, sound engineering expertise to a completely different level because I used to like mix things and he'd say, No, that's not right, this should be louder, this should be quieter. And I'd sit there and I'd be like doing my grumpy kind of, I'm the sound engineer and you're the musician kind of thing, <laughs> uh, which of course doesn't ever work with a client, does it? We all know that, but um, and then I'd kind of like I'd make the adjustments and then I'd kind of think, Oh god, you know what, he's actually right. 
Yeah. Um, there is something about these talented people. There is this, yeah. It's, it's, indeed there so, is, yes. <laughs> well, luckily, well, hopefully, let's say, some of that talent rubbed off in my direction, hopefully, and improved my sound engineering. Excellent. Um, Sorry, you, you, you were about to add. question at all, have I? Sorry, you haven't... I don't remember what the question was, to be honest. It's sort of irrelevant. Right, okay, good. <laughs> That's no problem. Um, there, there is also there are more sort of sound engine, uh, en- sound engineering kind of thing. This is the other thing I found on uh, Reddit, which is another great source for uh, interesting topics and kind of unusual stuff. This was in the uh, what Reddit was this one? We are the music makers, which is a good one, and it was just really a question about fading. It was, and it just reminded me, it was kind of funny because I remember when I started kind of actually having to produce music like remixes and what have you and fades were the kind of the thing and pretty much still are certainly in electronic music that uh you know getting that right was a real kind of art but i don't know whether or not that's actually still the case or whether you know the endings are in you know do you see what i mean because the fade has become the stock uh way out of pretty much any kind of music over the years and I'm, I, I want to know what who uses what really. Um, um, do you do do you go for an ending or do you fade? I'm guessing. Uh, you know, mm. I, how do you make that choice? Ah, can I jump in here? Yes, you may. Yeah. Uh, I having mastered over two hundred albums, I've had to work on endings, so many endings, and uh, and I think the I, I am a little bit of a stickler for a good fade, really, um, and. The S-shaped fade, that is the most musically pleasing fade of them all. And what, slow, again, fast, it, uh, fast, slow, fast, slow? Yeah, it's, yeah. So it's, uh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, but I like to play, I, I always spend time setting my fades. I really try and get the fades to be as musical as possible. But I do notice, though, very few bands do the long fade out anymore. They tend to... It's, well, the bands I've been working with, they tend to not go for that as much as they may be used to. Um, don't know if that's a, a trend or not. I know why that is. It's because when you get to the lower dynamic range of MP3s, it just starts going... And it can't, you know, it, it can't differentiate between the noise floor and the dynamic range, so you can't yeah, actually have that anymore. That's a good point, yeah. But, um, yeah. but I think it's funny, though, when you play with a fade, because if you're really concentrating on the way that the music is kind of like leaving you you know you do need to listen to it with a little bit of context to kind of get the feeling because the music has a has a momentum it has a kind of mass and as that sort of dissipates with the fade the fade has to have some kind of you know it does have to be musical and if you just slam a linear fade on the end of things you know it can do some quite you know it's just not necessarily the right thing to do and i think that yeah you know i think I don't know. I think it's a subtle art, but I always enjoy it. I think it's always quite a nice, nice little touch. When Have you, you got a special fader Sorry. that you use for the final fade out, or do you draw it in an automation? Oh, it's always an automation, yeah. But um, and do you I get guess, into Bezier curves and all that sort of thing to try and get the actual? Yeah, I have done, but but I mean, to be honest, with the software I use, there's. Uh, there's a decent array of of pre of pre shapes really, but you know, obviously drawing them out at the certain distance, um, but playing with the shapes, you know, just to try and get the right shape. But as I say, more often than not, the S shape just is just. Mm. It's where, the perfect. Where are you getting that? Is that in Reaper? Yeah, that would be in Reaper. I've actually I was using Studio One, and I think I have to 
I'm going to recall what I said before about Studio One being the perfect mastering environment. It's an excellent mastering environment and it does some things better than anything else. But I've gone back to Reaper for my mastering because there's just too many things that uh, Studio One currently doesn't do that Reaper does do. So, um, uh, you know, and I think a lot of that is to do with the customization. And I mean, really, when you, when it comes to all things, really, Reaper is... I mean, it's hardcore. You do have to really yeah, get your definitely. hands dirty. Yeah. Well, as I've said before, the uh, podcast MP3 podcast version is edited in uh, Reaper every week. And uh, the trick I do is, and I use it in like lots of NLEs, when I'm working on very long uh, audio uh, pieces you know, or video, and I kind of know that the content is pretty much safe, I just play it back at one and a half times so that I can... I can, you know, I just whip through it because yeah. you, know, you turn it, you get it fast enough. I mean, you can't really use it with music unless you're working, you know, just to see if there are any dropouts or anything. But you can. I mean, you, it is the, the, the very speed stuff you can do with it is great, though. You can do a lot of the Frank Zappa kind of very speed sort of techniques. And yeah, stuff, no, you know. really good. It is really good. Um, Tom, do they cover fades? In what you do, I mean, because there is, when I was always, I always remember, you know, we had this joke that you'd kind of actually give the fade engineer a call and there'd be a guy who'd show up, especially with his own fader, and he'd do the perfect fade out for you and then go away. And that would be his contribution to the session, you know. Yeah, well, uh, personally, I try and avoid fades if I can. But uh, yeah, in university, we had to do some fadings and. uh, I was the person who was doing it. <laughs> ah, so you're like this fade specialist in your year, are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what what would you do? You try and kind of let the natural ambience tail kind of finish it off for you, or you just do a dead stop? I mean, what do you? I mean, you you have to to use some some portion of fading, you know. But I personally try to make the natural fade, you know, like uh, like a melody fade. You know, you try to finish the track like it has an ending. Yeah. And That's tricky, isn't it? Then at the end, you you use your fade, you know, just to cut it. At some point, it's so easy to make very cheesy endings, as we know. Exactly, uh, yeah. Dave, I mean, I'm sure your years in uh, cover bands must have taught you that the fade is probably the best way out. Or am I am I making a terrible supposition? It's funny. I recently uh, had a uh, trying to finish a track recently and i've got a really good friend folk guitarist and i got him to put loads of guitar and i kind of fell in love with his guitar playing and then it kind of came to the outro and i was like oh oh, shit you know what am i gonna do i'm gonna fade it so i'm looking at kind of four bars resolving eight bars and and he's playing these beautiful little licks in between at the end of every kind of two bars and i'm thinking shit shit i actually just want to do a 16 bar fade but in reality, I worked with a producer once, a very famous producer, who said that fades were lazy. So what was funny is when he went out of the room, I um, just stopped the track dead and just put a massive, great, what was it, an AMT reverb on the end. <laughs> when he came back in and he said, so how have you done with the, the various programming bits? I just played him this thing and I don't think I ever worked with him again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, still, it's probably <laughs> worth the joke, eh? It was, yeah. yeah i mean fades you you do because if you have to fade you can't you know you can't have like you know the transition between a chorus and a bridge or something happening under the fade it has to be a sort of cyclical point at which you can just take out and the the psychology of it i'm sure there must be quite a lot to it and as you said gaz you know you spent a lot of time with that so do you would you chop an arrangement to work under a fade specifically or do you kind of tend to leave that to the artist yeah yeah 
I mean, it's mostly sort of, uh, well, gosh, I don't know. I don't know if there's a straight answer to that because it sort of varies. But Horses generally, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't know, really. Sometimes it's a funny old business, actually, when you actually are working on albums, because artists sometimes have got so much hang ups about what they've done. And uh, I remember working with this one band and um, and the songs would end. And then there would be a bit of silence and then you'd hear a chair creak and a little cough and then some dog in the background or something. And I'd be wanting to sort of put the fade in and get rid of all that stuff. I just went, no, 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 you got to leave it there, man. That's all kind of, it's all the atmosphere. It's all, you know, it's, and I'm just kind of thinking, uh, mm, it's not, it's actually very boring. It's, you can hear that now because I got it cranked up loud through my studio monitors or whatever. And he's going, oh, no, no, it sets the scene, sets the scene. And I tried to convince him otherwise, uh, but um, so we eventually left it on like these, like these, like long bits. He'd got so used to it. He's one of these. He was one of these obsessive guys, you know, working with headphones and working for hours and hours and hours and hours on this. And to be honest, it wasn't that great anyway. I don't think anyone would have particularly wanted to listen to the old album anyway. But um, eventually, he called me back a few weeks later and he said, uh, "Yeah." Can we put those fades in? Because <laughs> yeah. uh, a friend of mine was listening to it and he thought there was a dog loose in the house <laughs> and he fell down <laughs> the stairs and broke his leg or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing is also, now if you're fading with um, uh, MIDI faders, the resolution isn't high enough. One, two, seven steps is just nowhere near long enough, particularly when you're getting to yeah. the, the, the top or the bottom of an S-curve. I mean, you have to, it has to be done in, internally because, or, unless you've got some other way of doing it because the resolution is going to be nowhere near good enough. Yeah. What does, well, sorry. Just stop it. <laughs> just stop. I was going to say, what? Does, well, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, if you're not your your way of doing it's not dissimilar to what I tend to do if I'm not being lazy. If I'm being lazy, I'll just stick a linear fade over the last eight bars of a song, and that's it. It just fades out and it does its own thing, and then I'm done. If I want to be clever, I'll put different things through different buses, and I'll fade different. Fade them all out separately. Ooh, nice. I fade the drums I much faster that. than I fade guitars and basses. I will also bring up the reverb floor because I know that once it starts going down there, the reverb is going to disappear first. So if I put like loads more reverb on as it's fading out, it kind of fades into a sense of space as if it's moving away from you. So that kind of works quite nicely. That's an interesting idea. Yeah, that idea of of bussing stuff and having things fading at different speeds is uh, very effective. You can do that in mastering, can you? You have to do that. In, in your multi-track. In the yeah, door. but sometimes I do do stem mastering, which yeah. I really love, and, you know, that's my... The thing is, guys, do you find that... Um, I mean, I, I'm kind of such a fan of great musos. What I find is normally, like, take Dale, for example, fantastic mm-hmm. bass player, but in the song, he'll just play, you know, what's necessary for the song. It's only on... Right, yeah. let's rip at the fade out that yeah. you start to hear all these kind of amazing licks and stuff like that, and it's that that I kind of, I'm almost kind of going. Actually, that's better than the track. Yeah, that's the Did little. You know that? I, I, yeah, I, I, I try. I do an opposite to a fade. Then I try and boost it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, it's a very good point actually. And and quite often it is the case, you know, when you when you're doing tracks, if it hasn't got a, like a hard and fast arrangement, you know, you get to sort of a certain point in the song, and then it's like a, you know, everything is arranged up into a point, and then you just kind of repeat on on. And then the musicians do start kind of cutting loose a little bit in the end, don't they? So I mean, because they know, yes. yeah. 
Yeah, because oh, you know, you think you're past the point where it's all going to be gone by then. But you're right. I think that's where the juicy stuff goes on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll try that thing that I didn't think I could pull off in the middle of the song. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa! I've pulled it off. Right. Extend the fade to thirty-two bars. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, guys, that was a fascinating discussion, and it sort of brings us to the end of the show. I think um, I want to say thank you to everybody for joining us. That's been great, and thank you for Tom for for sticking with us as well and i want to say to tom obviously congratulations once again on your winning of the iris uh, uh, grand prize your sonic state t-shirt will probably be with you next week where i've got to dig it out of the boxes because there's only a few left and i keep them in this kind of almost time locked vault so i've got to wait till the uh, the time lock opens again and we this get the whole lot much. thanks uh, it was a pleasure to meet all of you guys and uh, that's inspiring so hopefully i'll warm you up <laughs> but yeah, that, and and what did you what did you choose? What did you shop uh, for? Uh, what what prize did you actually choose when you uh, with your grand prize? Because you had a couple of grand to spend in the kind of uh, the candy store, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I chose uh, to go for the bundle of uh, ozone five advanced, Rx two advanced, and then ne- nectar. Ah, right, excellent. So we went for you know instead of going. I mean, for two grand, you can get almost everything what they got there. Uh, but I chose to go advanced because uh, I, I believe I will use it wise in whatever yeah. I do. Good call. Well, yeah. I hope you do enjoy it. And anyway, thank you, Tom. Thanks for joining us again. Noise-x.com and keep an eye on what Tom's up to uh, in and out of his university gigs. And also, I'll uh, say thank you very much to Mark Tinley, likebeing.com, for joining us there. I hope your headache's got a bit better. Your voice seems to have got higher again. Oh, I don't know what's going on. I, d- I don't think it's changed, Nick. It must be something to do with Skype. They're maybe a sample rate. Maybe your sound card is set. my vocal cords or something. <laughs> it could sound be. like somebody in a witness protection program. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to oh, well, I should go back to the question mark icon then, shouldn't I? Or something. I'm yeah. convinced. I, don't I feel I should pixelate. Your, your webcam's too good, Mark. You should be pixelated, really, to go along with that voice. I definitely look like someone else that's kind of eerie looking at this. Who is this man? <laughs> yeah, you've got a you've got a chameleon like quality to you this way. Anyway, Mark, thank you very much for joining us. It's been uh, great fun. You're uh, welcome. Uh, and also Dave Spears, g4software.com, um, who will get back to moving out. Oh, that's not you, Dave. Dave, you you need to speak, otherwise Gaz will take that's your place. He will usurp you. Right, I'll have to go here now. There you go. I've got you now. Yeah, yeah. There, Dave Spears, um, in your move. So when are you going to be in a new place then? Have they got internet connection? Will this Is this going to be the end of a beautiful thing or are you going to still be able to be with us? No, internet connection is going to be a really interesting thing because I'm only technically supposed to be in this place for six months because then during that period I'm moving house and then there's an extension going to be built so I'm going to move back home again. Yeah, so 12 months. But, yeah, realistically <laughs> 18. Uh, so I want a short-term broadband contract i don't want a phone i don't want anybody ringing me so that in itself seems to be a bit of a problem i'm with bt and i called bt to see if they could transfer the broadband from here to the house and then a short-term contract i mean even just talking about it i'm losing oh yeah i I am too frankly but i I understand your pain but i'm hoping that we still will be able to to do this because that would be a shame to lose you yeah no 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 i'll definitely annoy you somehow 
Ah, oh, right, okay. Well, anyway, Dave Spears, G4 Software, and um, you can get back to making wonderful software instruments. Thank you very much. And, oh, there's Tom again. I'll come back. <laughs> Skype has a mind of its own. It decides who it's going to throw up. Uh, and also, we want to say thanks to Gaz Williams for joining us there, making all that effort, crouching at the bottom of the stairs like a little <laughs> leprechaun, and uh, creating all of that, uh, uh, getting, the, getting the wires sorted out. If you speak again, then I can switch yep. to your... Uh, okay. where, where are you going to show up? Let's see. Ah, oh, oh, there he is. Pop-up. Somewhere. Gaz Williams, and I've got at yeah. Gaz Goldstar, which is your Twitter uh, handle. Yeah. Uh, so th- and I'm in a, I, I was just thinking, actually, I'm in a quite a mastery sort of mood at the moment. So anyone who wants any tracks mastering, just get in touch with me and say Sonic State for a 25% discount. Good Lord. Look at that. That was an uh, uh, <laughs> improvised discounting live on air. <laughs> also, hey, there, is, we- a, oh. there is a funny little story which I watched a documentary the other day about, um, it's an old documentary, it's about 11 years old, about the history of uh, house music. Uh, It's up on YouTube. Uh, It's really good. It's a BBC documentary, I think it was. Um, But something happened. There was a bloke on it and he was talking and I thought, God, he sounds like Mark. And then I I looked at him, I thought, he looks like Mark. And then I looked online afterwards and and it was your brother. It was Adamski. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Didn't didn't know. But it was kind of... It's really funny. Are you a damn Why don't we just fade the end of the show? <laughs> I'll tell you why. Before because we do, we do that, I can't. I haven't got a fade to black in my ah. vi- video switch. I can fade the podcast, and I always do, but you don't hear it live because I usually put a piece of music on at the end, which I might put some more of Tom's uh, creations, actually, and fade those out, if that's all right with Tom. So, yeah. <laughs> cool. Before we lose all those people in the chat room, I found a Zoom 9010 in my shipping container the other day, and I, I bought it like years ago and never plugged it in. I plugged it in, and I thought, this sounds quite good, and I started making impulse responses from it, and I've made about probably half the patches as impulse responses. Then I went out, and I went and did a few things, and then I came back in the evening, and there was a smell of burning diodes and sort of burnt fish kind of smell in my cellar, and I now have a Zoom 9010 that was working in the morning and then stopped working in the evening. Now, I'm either going to take it to the tip, or if anybody here wants to pay shipping for it and thinks they can mend it, (laughs) they can contact me. And I will send it to them for free. Likewise, I also have a Yamaha SPX 50D, which I plugged in, and it's got no output for some reason. So it's probably got, I don't know, maybe it needs a chip wiggled on the board or something. So I've got one of those, which I will send to anybody who will pay the ship. That sounds like a show title, Chip Wiggler. Rather not throw it it away. I'd rather have somebody who can poke around at it with a soldering iron and go, this is useful to me. So uh, if anyone wants it, Go go on my website, likebeing.com. No, Tom's going. Tom's to go. got his thumbs up there. There's some something. Yeah. And what's that? What's Dave got there? Dave seems to have some I kind found, of. I found some videos. I did these things in the nineties, which was called getting the most out of home recording or something like that. And it was these was kind of big budget things. And I found like three sets of these. Three and, three uh, containerfuls. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Because they never sold worth a shit. No. Um, <laughs> So if uh, anybody wants one of these sets, because my video recorder's busted, they're either going in the bin or if somebody wants... Are they VHS or beta? They're VHS and it's PAL. Yeah, beta. Yeah, beta. That's why they didn't sell, yeah. (laughs) I made the wrong choice. I mastered uh, onto com- no, they're pal blooming VHS, but I don't want them. And I, like I say, so the first person to come up and say I want them, 
They can have them. Right. Looks like there could be a big day uh, here. Right. I'm going to play. Uh, I'm going to play us out now. I'm going to go to the uh, final. The final count. I'll play something that hopefully won't trigger um, YouTube's copyright engine. And um, and here it is. So this is some of Tom's. Some of Tom's work. Mm-hmm. 